Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Tarifov. I'm going to go from the um, from the last line of Tzari Hayamud Bay's 95b. Um, today's shir is Lilinishvats Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Alevi and Yehuda Lev Ben Ephraim. May the Neshamas have an aliyah. Um, so, remember we mentioned yesterday that um, well, we know that a Tomei person can eat, if, if the Korban Pesach is brought, Betuma, I a majority of Bnei Israel are Tomei, then everyone can go into, all the Tomei people can go into the temple courtyard and bring their Korban. And not only that, they're allowed to eat it. Those are generally prohibitions that are high of Kores. But th- this year it gets pushed aside for Pes- for the Korban Pesach. So on that, boy of Yosef, Rav Yosef. Pardon? Oh. Um, so I'll start again. Um, so we mentioned, so when the Pesach is being brought in Tuma, all these Tomei people are allowed to go into the temple courtyard. They're allowed to eat from the Koban Pesach, and which are generally Surei Kores. So boy of Yosef, Rav Yosef, yeah, so just before going, so Rav Yosef is going to ask, there's certain parts of the sacrifice which are supposed to be burnt on the Mizbeach. Obviously one part is the Chaylevs, but the Chaylevs are always forbidden to eat. Whether it's a regular animal, whether it's a korban, the chalevs are forbidden to eat. That's why we generally, one of the reasons um, we generally just cut and give away the whole hand quarter so we don't have to worry about the chalevs and separating the chalevs, etc. Um, so that's the... Um, Um, sorry, so that's the chayla, but then there are other parts like the kidneys and the liver, etc., which are burnt on the mizbech. Now, obviously, a person is not allowed to eat them. And if a person, in a, general, if a person, because they're supposed to be burnt on the mizbech, he's not allowed to eat them. But if he would eat them while Tomei, he would be high of kores. So the question here is, when the Torah allows him to eat the Koban Pesach and says he doesn't get kores, does it include these parts? So that's what boy Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef asked, Dochku Tomei Mesim Vaoflei Murei Pesach. If the Tomei Mesim forced, I, they took it by force, and they ate the Murei Pesach, I tell you they should never have done, regardless of how you come out to this question, but they did and they ate it. Um, but, 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 sorry, Vaoflei Murei Pesach Abol Betumei. Mahu, what's our loch? Amidi Ishri, Tumas Basar Ishri, Nami Tumas Aimurin. Do we say, since they're allowed to eat Tumas Basar, they're also allowed to, they all, since they're exempt from Tumas Basar, they're allowed to eat the Koban Pesach while Tomei. They're also, I don't want to say allowed, but they're also not chayev for eating the Aimurim. Oi Dilma, or perhaps, Maidi Ishtri Ishtri, Maidi Loi Ishtri, Loi Ishtri. Or maybe when the Torah says they're allowed to eat the Koban Pesach, but Tumah, that refers only to the parts that they're allowed to eat. The rest of the Koban Pesach, like these parts that are burnt on the Mizbech, would still be a Chiv Kores. So that's his question. Oh, my Rava, Rava says, Michti Tumah say Murim Maheches Rabbi, Mi Tumah's Basar. What's the source that you're not allowed to eat the Murim when one's Tomah? I, that if someone eats parts of the Koban that were supposed to be burnt on the Mizbech while he's Tomah, what's the source that he's Chiv Kores? You'll see as it's written. 
It's yeah, so it's all learned to help me too much boss or from the rest of the carbon. This that you're not allowed to eat the rest of the carbon. You'll see as it says Ashel Hashem, the parts I go to Hashem. The rabbis as I murim, which includes the Aimurim, the parts burnt on the Mizbah. So call Haikhit Isila Tumas Bosor. So only when he's not allowed to eat the meat in flesh, I see the Tumas Amurim is with the law of eating a murim al toma, call hecha de leisel tumas baser leisel tumas murim. And whenever the law of tumas baser doesn't apply, the law of tumas murim does not apply. So Rava says it's all learned out from the same source that you're not allowed to eat a korban pesach when tom uh, a cor- you're not allowed to eat a korban when tome. Included in that is the liver and the kidneys etc., which are burnt on the mizbech. So if you come along and you say, well, that law doesn't apply anymore, like this korban pesach which you're allowed to eat while tome. Well, then the whole law falls away. Boy, Rabbi Zayra, Rabbi Zayra asked, Emurei Pesach Mitzrayim Hechtik Tarinu. Where did they burn the Emurim of Pesach Mitzrayim? This is a very interesting question, and this is almost a build-up, a lead into the next, uh, the next point of the Gemara, um, which is... Um, so Pesach Mitzrayim, the Korban Pesach that they offered when they were in Egypt. So he says, what, where did they burn those fats? There was no Mizbech in Egypt. So where did they burn the fats? Says, who says that they didn't just roast them? Now there are two understandings of they didn't just roast them. Maybe does it mean just roast them, i.e. They, they didn't burn them on a Mizbech, but they burnt them independently. As like a korban, again, there were no Mizbech in Mitzrayim, but when they offered the korban, remember, that's the first korban Pesach, that one that Hashem told them to, um, se- as we'll see, separate on the 10th of the month and keep it. And then on the 14th, they would check it and put the blood on the doorpost so Hashem would pass over their houses. That korban Pesach. So what happened with those fats? Maybe they roasted them as fats. Or the other way of learning it is that they just roasted it. I it was treated like the rest of the korban Pesach. Why would you... The Torah doesn't say otherwise. It was a very, it was a unique Pesach, and therefore it should only apply that. It says, and further, There were actually, there were three Mizbech in Yerushalayim. The lintel and the two doorposts, that's the three Mizbech, because where, that's where the blood was sprinkled. Generally, you apply the blood to the Mizbech. In Mitzrayim, it was applied to the doorposts. So he's saying that's the Mizbech. There was no other Mizbech. For two Midiachrin, there was no other Mizbech. So he says there was no, it seems that there was no Mizbah where they burnt the fats, the, the, the Emurim in Mitzrayim. Okay, and that's a good introduction to the next Mishnah, which has Mabain Pesach Mitzrayim, the Pesach Doros. What's the difference between the Korban Pesach that they offered in Mitzrayim and the Korban Pesach for all future generations, i.e. That, that, that from, in all subsequent years? So Pesach Mitzrayim Mechumi Boasor, Vatona Zoba, Godaba Ezobara Mashkov, we're going to go through a whole list of, of things that are unique to the Korban Pesach. Firstly, they had to take it as their Korban Pesach on the 10th of the month. And it required application with a hyssop. I how did they apply it to the doorpost? It's not like normally like the coin takes the bowl and he throws the blood. They dipped the hyssop into it and sprinkled it on the lintel and the two doorposts. And that's also unique. V'nechal b'chipozon b'layla echot. It had to be eaten in haste. In one night, the Pesach Doris no Kol Shiva, and the Pesach of all generation applies for seven days. Now, obviously, the Gemara is going to have to wait. What do you mean? How? When can you eat the Korban Pesach, the regular Korban Pesach? 
only on the first night. So what does the Gemara Mishnah mean when it says here that they would eat it for seven days? But we'll come back to that. The Gemara now asks Minolan, what's the source? What's the source that that Pesach Mitzrayim had to be selected on the 10th? Unlike a regular Pesach, the Tziv has it written, speak to all, Hashem told Moshe to speak to the whole congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th of this month, and you shall take. It says, on this month, this is a limitation. Whenever you see Zeh, it's, it's a limitation. So it says, this one has to be taken on the 10th of the month, but a regular Pesach, Pesach for all future generations does not have to be designated on the 10th of the month. El Arbo Yom says, oh, but then wait, what about the following Potsuk? Actually, we're going to bring this Potsuk a lot. So we'll come back to it a few times. But it says, it will be for you guarded until the 14th for this month. Are you telling me by the fact that it says Zeh, by guarding the common Pesach, it's telling us that the common Pesach is the only Korban that requires Bikur. Bikur is to check over four days that it doesn't have any injuries, any mumin, any blemishes, not injuries, any, any blemishes. So again, it's, the Pesach says it will be guarded by you till the 14th of this month. I, this month implies only the Pesach Mitzrayim, which implies that this law of Bikru would not apply by any other Korban. He says, For hot Tanya, Ben Baibak, oh, we learned in a bright so that Ben Baibak says, Minayla Tomin Shuton Bikur Dalet Yomim, Koedem Shrita. How do we know that the Korban Tomin, the daily offering, has to be examined for four days before you slaughter it? Shenemar, as the Pesach says, Tishmeru lahakriv li b'mo'adok, God to offer it to me in its time. Lahalanu oimer, and there it says, So you shall guard it from the 10th to the 14th, I for four days. Ma lahalan toin bikur dalajomim, koidem shchita, afkan toin bikur dalajomim, koidem shchita. The korban, the... I'm not sure at what point exactly you lost. But the Pesach, there's a Xaira Shava between the Korban Tomid to the Korban Pesach in Mitzrayim. Just as in Mitzrayim they had to keep the Korban Pesach for four days to examine it for do Bikur, to check it for Mumim, so to the Korban Tomid. But what do we see? When the Pesach says Zed, this only, this one, it doesn't make sense because we've extended it to another one, to another Korban. So the Moran says, no, shiny hasam dilsiv tishmuru. It's different there because it says tishmuru. Ah, it says tishmuru, which tells us that you must guard it. So therefore we learn you need to do, um, you also need to do, uh, sorry, one second. You also need to do bikur. It says, oh, Pesach Torah is nami hoksiv. But also by the Pesach for, of all generations it's written, va'avadita es avoida hazois b'chodesh hazeh. This is a key phrase to all the comparisons we're going to do over the rest of the page. Um, try um, working out the differences or the similarities between the Pesach of Mitzrayim and the rest and other Pesach and, and Pesach Doros for the Korban Pesach of all future generations. But what does it say? You'll do the Voida of this one in this month and basically the same. So she you call Avoidos Chodesh Zekazeh. All the avoidos of this month will be the same as that month. I, every Nisan, when you're offering the Korban Pesach, it will be the same. So the Korban Pesach for all generations must be the same as the original Pesach in Mitzrayim. And therefore it would also require Bikur for four days. 
Elo hahu hazeli mutai. So, that, but then we have a problem because why did the pasuk bother to say this one? Again, it sounded like only this one, only the Pesach in Mitzrayim needs Bikur. What about other Koba? What other about what about other Psachim? So the Gemara answers, no, Elahu Hazeli Mutai Pesach Shani de Kavaisa. This is actually coming to exclude the Pesach Shani, which is more similar to it, which is very similar to it. Ah, you would have thought that in some ways the Pesach Shani is the same as the um, you would have thought that the Pesach Shani is the same as the Pesach Mitzrayim because they both only apply in the night or for one day, unlike, so they're very similar. So therefore we need the specific posuk to come and tell us that the Pesach Shani is not the same as Pesach Mitzrayim. And that's... Uh, um, yeah, and that's what Hazer is coming to exclude. This one, the Pesach Mitzrayim requires Bikur, but the Pesach Shani doesn't. But a regular Koban Pesach also requires Bikur. So interesting enough, where we're holding at the moment is, regarding the similarity, is that a regular Koban Pesach, granted it doesn't have to be taken on the 10th as a Koban Pesach like it did in Mitzrayim, it still requires Bikur to be checked over four days to offer it like the Pesach Mitzrayim. So now the Gomorrah is going to carry on bringing all these psukim to compare, basically, or basically bring out halacha specific to the Koban Pesach and when it was different to Mitzrayim. It says by the Pesach Mitzrayim, most of these psukim are the Pesach Mitzrayim, which, I mean, which is the discussion in Chumash. That's where it's discussed in Chumash, by where Bnei Israel were going to leave Egypt and Hashem gave them all the rules of the Pesach, so it's all said by the Pesach Mitzrayim, and it says, You will eat the meat of the Koban Pesach on this night. It says, Are you telling me that only the Koran, again, there's a limitation, that only the Koban Pesach in Mitzrayim was eaten at night, but no other Koban Pesach? No, the Pesach says, You will do the Voida of this one the same as that one, either a Voida of... The Koban Pesach is the same as the one in Mitzrayim. Oh, El Hazel Lameli. So then why does the Pasuk say Hazel? What is it limiting? So look, the Rebbe Lezeb Ben Azariah and Rebbe Akiva. No, that's used for the Joshua's of Rebbe Lezeb Ben Azariah and Rebbe Akiva. What do they hold? Rebbe Lezeb Ben Azariah learns from here that you can only eat the Koban Pesach until midday. Mid, sorry, midnight. That's what Rebbe Lezeb Ben Azariah learns from that there. And Rebbe Akiva learns... That you can only, you would have thought that the Koban Pesach could be eaten for two days and a night or, or differently. And it's coming to teach us that unlike regular Shlomim, you can only eat it for one night. Okay, but again, another Pesach that's difficult by the Korban Pesach, by the Pesach Mitzrayim. It says, Anyone who's uncircumcised cannot eat it. Either Pesach Mitzrayim. Maybe an uncircumcised person is only not allowed to eat the Pesach Mitzrayim, but a regular Korban Pesach he could. It says, oh, The Pesach says, Again, it's that same Pesach that tells us that they're the same. It says, oh, So why do I have the limitation of Bo it? It's telling us that he can't eat it, the Koban Pesach, but he can eat the Matzo Maror. That's a very interesting. What are we saying? That, again, you're right, an uncircumcised person cannot eat any Koban Pesach, whether the one that was in Mitzrayim or the one for all generations, but he can, he's still obligated in, and can eat for, for the Mitzvah of Matzo Maror. 
Interestingly enough, also Matzis Doraisa Mara is only Drabonan. Elomayato, what about the following Pesach? It says, again, these are all the Pesukim by Pesach Mitzrayim. It says, Kol Any, literally a Benecho stranger. But here the stranger means someone who's strayed from Hashem. He's become a heretic or an apostate. Apostate. And so it says, He's not allowed to eat the Koban Pesach. It, it's emphasizing only the one in Mitzrayim. Hachanami, you're telling me specifically that he's not allowed to eat the Pesach with Rhyme, but you can have an apostate eat a regular Koban Pesach. So it's Omakro, the Pesach says, No, only it. So why does the Pesach have this limitation? So it's No, it's telling us that someone who's rebelled against Hashem, he's not allowed to eat the Koban Pesach. But if it's a Kohen, it's just the Koban Pesach, he could, he would be allowed to eat Truma. And we need to learn both a person who is uncircumcised, is not allowed to eat the Koban Pesach, and the Ben Nechor. Oh, you might have thought you could learn one from the other, but you can't. Maybe an Oral, as uncircumcised person, is the only one who can't eat the Koban Pesach because he's, um, he's repulsive to Hashem because he doesn't have a Milah. But someone whose mind is just a bit distorted, he's an apostate, he's not Mois, and therefore maybe a Milah. You would say he's not excluded from the Koban Pesach. Therefore, we need to say Ben Nechor. Maybe a Ben Echor is not allowed to eat the Koban Pesach because his heart is not um, directed to heaven. But an Oral whose heart is directed to heaven, I would say that, because remember you can have a person who is uncircumcised just because he's afraid of Mila or because he was unwell, or because a sibling died in Miller or something like that. So he could be a God-fearing person, but he can't have a Miller. So maybe he can bring the Koman Pesach. Um, so Tricha, therefore I need both Psukim. Now we go back to our original discussion again. These differences, or what you would think as differences between the Koban Pesach that was offered in Mitzrayim, the Pesach Mitzrayim, and the Pesach Torahs, the Pesach of all future generations. It says, these certain slaves shall not eat the Koban Pesach. It says, It says, only it, implying only the one in Mitzrayim, but maybe they could eat other Koban Pesach. It says, no, The Pesach says, You do the, the, the rules applying to Pesach Mitzrayim are the same to the rules applying to Pesach Torah. So why does the Pesach say, no, this uh, um, this uh, string of the, uh, a person who's an apostate cannot eat it, but he can a uh, korban pesach, but he can eat truma. This again, this is what uh, Rashi takes this all out because it sounds like it doesn't answer the question and repetitive. It says um, but wait. What about the following pasuk? He will have miller and then he can eat it. That seems to say that he can't eat it. He can't eat the korban. He can't eat someone who's uncircumcised. Can't eat the korban pesach. 
in Mitzrayim, but he could eat the one of Pesach Torah. So on Makro, the Pesach says, Vavarita. No, the Pesach, both the Pesach Torah has the same rules as Pesach Mitzrayim. Oh, Ela Bo Lamali. So why do I need the exclusion of Bo? It says, Boy Milas Zechorov Avodah Makeves, Vain Milas Zechorov Avodah Makeves Petruma. No. But the common Pesach, there's a special law that not only does he have to be circumcised, all the males and slaves in his household have to be circumcised. I, and if they're not, if let's say you have a man who has a son who's not circumcised, he's not allowed to eat from the common Pesach. But if he's a Kohen, he would be allowed to eat Truma. But wait, the following Pesach says, You're not allowed to break a bone in it. That sounds like it's specifically... A, the Pesach in Mitzrayim, you're not allowed to break its bones, but in the other Korban Pesach for all generations, you could break its bones. So, Omakrov, Avarita, no, the Pesach says that they are the same. Oh, Ela, Bo, Lameli, so why does it limit it? It says, Boy, Bekosher, Velo, Bepossel. It says, Bo, to say you're only not allowed to break the bones of a kosher Pesach, but a Pesach Pesach, you would be allowed to break the bones. Ela, Meata, Dixiv, what about the following that's written? Alto, Echlu, Mimenu, No. You're not allowed to eat the carbon Pesach partially cooked, but it says it in the phrase, you're not allowed to eat it partially cooked, implying only the carbon Pesach of Mitzrayim. The carbon Pesach of other generations, you could eat partially cooked or partially raw. I don't know how to express it exactly. On Makro, the Pesach says, No, the carbon Pesach of Doris is the same as the carbon Pesach Mitzrayim. Just as the Mitzrayim, you're not allowed to eat raw, so too. Or partially cooked, so to the other Pesach. Elo mimeno lamali. Oh, so then why does it say mimeno it? It says, look at Rabbi Omer Yitzchak, like the teaching of Rabbi Omer Yitzchak. And he uses that to make a gzera shava between Maser and Pesach, to say just as an uncircumcised person can't eat the Koran Pesach, so to an uncircumcised person can't eat Maser. But again, the main point here is, as we've seen with all these droshas, it's, it sounds like it's limiting it, all these rules to the Pesach that was offered in Mitzrayim. But there's a general Pesach which says, What was it? All the rules that apply to this Korban, the, sorry, the Korban for all generations is, has the same rules as the one in Pesach Mitzrayim. And we went through each of the halachas that we learned from the limit, why then it has a limitation in the Pesach. But again, the limitation is not to say the difference between the Pesach Rishon and the Pesach Sheni, because in these halachas, it is all the same. Then we said that another unique, hal- uh, one of the unique halachas to the Pesach Rishon, to the Pesach Mitzrayim, is that it's eaten in haste. Minolon to Amakro, the Pesach says, It says you shall eat it in a hurry, I only it has to be eaten in a rush, but not all future psachim. Oh, Pesach Torah's Noel Shiva. Then we said a very difficult line. We said it also only applies for one night, whereas the Pesach Rishon applies for seven nights. Uh, sorry, the Pesach Torah applies for seven nights. The Pesach of all generation applies forever. It says, Amai Koi, what's it going on? We know that how long are you allowed to eat the Koban Pesach for? One night. As it says, Pesach, Pesach, You're telling me it's going on the Korban Pesach. You, you would never think that you're allowed to eat the Korban Pesach for all seven days. Elo, a it must be going on Chomet. 
Michlal, the Pesach Mitzrayim, Laila Echot, the two law. You telling me that only weren't allowed to have Chomet for one night in Mitzrayim. How do we know that the Pesach Mitzrayim applied for one day? I not just one night for a full twenty, uh, for a full uh, twenty-four hour day. So it's Talmud Lomar. The Torah says, "Lo You shall not eat chometz. V'somichlei, and you, and it's connected. Hayom atem yoitzim. Today you will go out. So it comes out that no, the chometz on on in Mitzrayim they weren't allowed to have chometz for one day, not just one night. Says Ela Hachika Omer. This is how you have to understand it. Laila echod v'hu adin lepesach toras. You could eat the Korban Pesach for one night in Mitzrayim, and so too for all generations. All Korban Pesach could only be eaten for one night. And you weren't allowed to have Chomets with it for the whole day. And the Pesach of all future generations applies for seven days. You know, and we keep eight days, but that's in Golos. All mitzvahs that we do are because of Matan Torah. They were given at Matan Torah. But the forefathers and our ancestors in Mitzrayim were given certain mitzvahs. And one of the mitzvahs that they were given in Mitzrayim that Hashem told them specifically was to take this Korban Pesach, sprinkle the, uh, smear, uh, sprinkle the blood on the doorpost and the lintels, the, the lintel and the doorposts, etc. So it was, yeah, it is hard to understand what they got. But, but Moshe, I mean, Moshe was already their leader bringing them out of Mitzrayim and it was the mitzvah that Hashem told him to tell Ben Israel. If you get a chance, look at, I think, it's, I think it starts in Perek Yud Beis, maybe a little bit before that, in, the, in Shmos Perek 12, chapter 12. Okay, let's go on to the new Mishnah. Said, I've heard that the Tmura of Pesach, I'll explain what that is short, is offered. And I also heard that there are times when it is not offered, and I don't know when the when they when my teachers made this distinction. I in sheer I remember hearing that there were sometimes that it was offered and sometimes it was not offered, but I don't remember the distinction or I don't know the distinction when you would say which one. Now what's a tamura? So remember you're not allowed to try transfer the kadusha from one animal to the next. If you have a, from one korban to the next, if I have a korban in front of me, I'm not allowed to say I want to transfer the kadusha from this animal to animal B. That's even if animal B is much better. This is the whole Maseches uh, Tmura. But for us, what would be if someone took a korban Pesach and said I want to transfer the kadusha from this korban Pesach onto another korban Pesach? Oh, sorry, from this Korban Pesach onto this other animal. What happens? What turns out happening is both animals become holy. The question is, what do you do with the Tmura? So, gen- so that's what we're going to go into now. But he says sometimes it would be offered as a Shlomim. Remember, the Korban Pesach, that's not a Korban Pesach, was offered as a Shlomim. So sometimes this Tmura, this animal that you tried to transfer the Kedusha of the Korban Pesach to, it becomes holy and sometimes it's offered as a Shlomim and sometimes it's not offered. So, Omer Rabbi Akiva, Ani Efresh. I will explain it. A Pesach Pesach, a Korban Pesach that was found before the Shechita of the Pesach, Yire Adshi must be left to graze, and with that Korban Pesach, you sell that, you, you leave it to graze until it gets an injury, you then sell it and use the money to buy a Shlomim. 
And so too if you try to switch that Korban Pesach. So what happened here? I think Rashi says it um, the clearest. I'm just going to read it straight from Rashi. But he says, A Pesach, if you over the Hifrish Acher Tachtov, you lost your Korban Pesach, you had separated a Korban Pesach, you lost it and you found another one. And then you found your original Koban Pesach before shechting the second one, before the afternoon of the 14th and shechting it. So now you have actually two Koban Pesach standing before you at the time of Shechita. But the fact that it's around when you shecht in the Koban Pesach, it gets the name of a Pesach. And this one that you decided not to shech, remember you can only shech one of them as your Koban Pesach, so the other one becomes pushed aside. And it can never further be offered. It's not what's considered a Moisar Pesach, a leftover Pesach, it's considered a pushed aside Pesach. What Rashi is referring to in this last line is that if you have a Korban Pesach and you lost it and you replaced it and then you offered that one, the new, the new one, and then later on you found the original one, it's left over as a Korban Pesach. It was never able to be offered, so it automatically becomes a Shlomim and you can automatically offer it. But our problem is here, you separated a Korban Pesach, you lost it, so you separated a second one, and then you found it. And now you've got two Korban Pesach sitting in front of you and you offer the second one. The original one was pushed aside. It could have been offered as a Pesach, but it was pushed aside. That lowers its sanctity and now it can't be a Shlomim. It's a Pesach Dichui. And so that one can't be offered as a Korban. And so too, if you would try to transfer the Kedusha from that Pesach onto another one, it would not work. And he says... However, if you found the original Korban Pesach after slaughtering the Korban Pesach, the, the replacement, Korev Shlomim became Tmuraso. It can be offered as a Shlomim because it's what's called Moisar Pesach. And so to its Tmura. So to the replacement, if you try to then take that animal that was going to be offered as a Shlomim because it was a Moisar Pesach, you would do the same thing um, um, the Torah would have the same law. Why did Rabbi Yeshua's teach it in the phrase of a Torah? Just teach this halacha regarding whether the actual Korban Pesach can be offered or not. Aye, the key point here is, did you have two Psachim in front of you and you chose one to offer as your Korban Pesach and then it's a Pesach Dechui? Or did you offer the one and then you found the original one and it was it's a Moisar Pesach and it could be offered? So why bring in no, what he's coming to teach us is that sometimes a korban, a tmuras pesach that could not be offered. I, I might have thought that when I separate this tmur, this pesach as a tmura, I try to replace the kedusha of my korban pesach with another animal. The second animal becomes a Shlomim because it could never really be a Korban Pesach. It comes to teach us that no, it's, it's not considered a Shlomim automatically. It would have the same rule as the Pesach you tried to transfer the Kedusha to it from. Itmar. The mission is specific about did you find this original Korban Pesach before or after the slaughtering of the 
new carbon pesach rabbi zaimo on recording khatsas la akha khatsas shaninu rabbi zaira says no it's whether you found it before or after midday i when the carbon pesach could be offered ul rabbi zaira hoktani kodem shkhitas ha pesach Oh, but according to Rabbi Zaira, our Mishnah says before slaughtering the Pesach, if you found it before slaughtering, clearly it's got to do with the Shechita, not with the time. This is, no, Eimah Koedem Zman Shechita Sa Pesach. What it means is before the time of Shechita Sa Pesach. And Ketnai, this is actually like a Machloikes Tanaim. Ha Pesach Shenim Tsa Koedem Shechita Yere Ad She Yere Ad Yere La Acha Shechita Yikarev. If you find a Korban Pesach after the Shechita, you must leave it to graze. If you find it after the Shechita, then you can offer it. And Rabbi Eliezer, Oimer Koidem Chatzos Yire, La'acha Chatzos Yikorev. If it's before, you can Koidem, before midday, you leave it to graze. If it's found after midday, when the Korban Pesach could have been offered, then you leave it, then you, sorry, if it's found after midday, then you can offer it. I, we see that, um, the rabbi uh, is going like the Tanakama and Rabbi Zaira is going like Rabbi Lezer. Then we said, If you found this animal after the Shechita of the Korban Pesach, you found there, again, remember the case is you set aside a Korban Pesach and then you lost it and you brought, got another one in its place. If you then set that one aside, Sorry, you can then bring the second one as a shlomim. So Omar Rabbi Rabbi says, Lo shanu achar bo achar This is all where it was found after the shchita, and you try to transfer the kedusha after the shchita. It was never dichui. Aval nimtza koidem shchita. If you found the original korban pesach before shchita, vehemir bo achar shmita achar shchita, and you try to transfer the kedusha to this new animal after the shchita, tumurasa mikuach kedusha dechuya kaatia. Its tumur is coming from a kedusha dechuya veloy kreva, and it can't be offered. I again, the tumura follows the rules. Or is drawn, it draws its power, its kedusha from the korban, from the original korban you're trying to transfer from. So if the so if at the time of offering the korban pesach you had two psachim in front of you and the one becomes a korban dechui, if you try and move that kedusha to a second animal or not, or a third animal that you want as your korban pesach. It's now a Pesach Dichui, and it's coming from the source of a Pesach Dichui, so it's power, so it cannot be offered. You'd have to leave it to graze, sell it, redeem it, and use the money for, um, and use the money. It says, Eisi Vayabai, Abai challenged us. This is the Apostle Bashlom, it says, Im Kesef, Matam would Im Kesef, why did the Torah have to come along and say, if a sheep? We've already, we're discussing sheep. So he says, is tumura ha-pesach achar ha-pesach shlomim. That's coming to include the tumura of a Kohen Pesach after the Pesach was offered, that it can be a shlomim. So he says, hey chidami, If you want to say that the case is where it was found after the shchita and he tried to transdo tumura after the shchita, well, obviously, why do I need the Pesach? That's the standard halacha of the Tmura. The Koban Pesach, after the first Pesach has been offered, and then you found the, after, sorry, after the Koban Pesach has been offered, and you find your original Koban Pesach, that's a reg- that Koban Pesach turns into a Shlomim. So obviously, if you try and make a Tmura with it, the second animal becomes a Shlomim also. 
I don't need a pasuk. So Ella Lav Shinintsu Kaidim Shita Bahemi Baha Shita. Then must be that it was found before Shita and he tried to do the Tmura after the Shita. Says you're right, you don't really need the Posuk. The Brysa was just bringing this Posuk as an allusion to where we found this halacha, but it's not a special, a unique halacha. We would have known it anyway. So So then what is the Pasuk? So you're telling me the Pasuk's not coming for this halacha. What is the Pasuk coming for? So as we learned in the Brisa, Kesev says a Pesach It says Kesev to include the Pesach for, regarding its tail. Kesev, sorry, Kesev regarding the common Pesach Aliyah. Every time the Torah discusses offering a Korban, a sheep, korban, it mentions that you have to burn the tail with the chalev. The tail of a sheep is like chalev. But, when it doesn't ever tell us, describe exactly how to offer a korban Pesach. So how would I know that to, how you treat the tail? So that's why this extra phrase here of kesev to teach us, even by korban Pesach, the tail must be burnt on the Mizbech. When it says, or if it's a sheep, that's to include a Koban Pesach whose year has passed. I remember Koban Pesach has to be from an animal in its first year. And similarly, a Shlomim that is from a Moisa Pesach, from a Tmur of a Pesach, has all the mitzvahs of a shlom. Shetoyim smicha, you have to lean on it. Unasochim, you have to bring a company in wine and mincha offerings. Tnufas chosev shot, you wave the chest and the thigh and give them to the kohen. Keshehu oime, when it says, ve'im eiz, the next part of the pasuk, hifsik in yinimur ala eish, aintu That's to tell us that the eiz does not require the tail. So just to summarize this last point, again, the key point for us, remember, just to get this distinction clear in your mind. When, if you lose your Koban Pesach and you separate a second Koban Pesach, if you find the original Koban Pesach before you've offered the second one, one of those Korbanos are going to become what's called Dichui, pushed aside. Because it could have been the Pesach and you chose to offer the other one. So it's Dichui. And that, that can't be offered on the Mizbech. And if you do a tomorrow with it, it can't be offered on the Mizbech. What would you have to do? You'd have to leave them to graze. And then uh, you'd have to leave them to graze. And then you would um, sorry, you leave them to graze and then redeem it and sell. However, if you, again, you lose your Koran Pesach and you replace it with a second one. You then offer the second one. And subsequently you find your original one. Well, now it's a Shlomim. And so too... Um, it's a shlomim, and it would also be a shlomim if you try to do a tmura. The tmura would also be a shlomim. And therefore, when you offer, um, it would have all the rules of a shlomim. And that's what we learned from this last price. It would have all the rules of a shlomim. That you have to do smicha, you lean on it. Your common Pesach, you generally don't lean on. Um, you have to bring accompanying wine and mincha offerings. And the Kozeva Shok go to the Kohen, unlike the common Pesach, remember, where it's all eaten by the owner. The Gemara then goes and gives a different version, but I think let's leave it here for today.